Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, I am here. This is our number three. <clears throat> I was just thinking, I, I don't know that we have had any names for taps today. We always play taps at the end of the show for uh, Minnesotans that have lost their life or people that we know that have lost their life that have served our country. Um, I'm not sure we've had anybody. Kenny, have you had anybody? I have not. Anybody? I have not. Okay. Well, I've got one that I would like people to remember. And it's because I mentioned it earlier in the week. But when we do taps today, I would like to do taps for a a, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Dunn. D-U-N-N-E. Dunn. He's a... Uh, Long-time veterans advocate out of the Twin Cities area. And I told you the story about him a little bit. He's 76 years old. He's a decorated uh, Vietnam War Marine veteran. After he, uh, after, he left, uh, the mili- after he left the Marine Corps, he joined the National Guard, and he spent uh, uh, a long time with the Minnesota National Guard. He's now se- he was 76 years old until he died just the other day. But the way he died uh, was what I want to remember today. He liked to go down to Harriet Island in St. Paul and walk with his wife. <clears throat> and they had done that. And he he has a wheelchair that he has to, you know, drive around himself on the parks, on the uh, driveways down there. And he had been down there uh, Harriet Island Recreational Park, the police were called on January 28th after 5 p.m. by a woman who said her husband had been punched in the face. When they arrived, they found 76-year-old Thomas Dunn injured from a fight and bleeding from his eye. Dunn explained what had happened before he was transported to a hospital. Weeks later, the veteran died from a prolonged stay at the hospital. It turns out that while he was down there, uh, while putting his uh, putting his wheelchair in the car, his wife was already in the car. He spotted a young man urinating in public in broad daylight. He took out his cell phone and took a photograph as evidence that he was uh, when he was confronted by the man and two other young men. These are all people 17, 18, 19 years of age. They tried to take away his phone, and when one of the men then punched him in the face, police said that the injury was serious enough that the man would uh, would not stop bleeding. So they called an ambulance for him, and uh, they took him to the hospital. Police uh, Sergeant Mike Ernster said it may be weeks before the Ramsey County Medical Examiner makes a definitive finding because they're going to have to do an autopsy on Dunn's extent of cause of death. Depending upon the results, the three young men may be charged and have their charges upgraded to adult uh, second-degree murder charges. The Ramsey County Attorney's Office will review any new evidence presented by the law enforcement. But here's a 76-year-old guy with a wheelchair and three young teenage men 
decided to punch him and knock him down. And uh, Dunn served two tours in Vietnam, more than 20 years with the U.S. Army and Army Reserve. He was given the Legion of Merit uh, as part of his service. His uh, wife, Heather Brock, uh, Brockrick, told uh, KSTP-TV that he had an operation on his eyeball that lasted three and a half hours from the assault. She said that she thought maybe he would have to live without an eye. Although he was released from the hospital, complications forced him to return to the hospital the next day. It's just a, a terrible, terrible loss. It's it's more than that. If If, in fact, they do the autopsy and they find out that he died from these injuries, that's... Uh, that's a very serious felony charge that these young men will pay a price for, for urinating in public uh, and and then beating up an elderly veteran. So I want to remember uh, Dunn when we go to our uh, report today. Anyway, to go back to a story I was covering earlier about these two gun laws, we talked about H.R. 4300 where you have to have your firearm stored either locked up with a locking device on it or uh, stored in a safe. And then, of course, if somebody breaks into your home in the middle of the night, you're going to play hell getting it out to defend yourself. In addition to that, there's another bill uh, that has been put forward. Uh, this one is... Uh, it's called, uh, let's see, House File 601. And it was presented by Representative Kaoil Her, H-E-R. Uh, a representative from the NRA said mandatory storage laws aren't about restricting unauthorized child's access to the firearms. They're more about targeting the conduct of law-abiding citizens who are who own a legitimate firearm properly. Private citizens oppose the bill. One of the, uh, the, the law is repudent and trigger locks can be destroyed by criminals who want to gain access to the firearms. In other words, if somebody breaks in your, your house and takes that handgun out of a side dresser drawer or something like that, that lock on that gun is not going to do any good to keep it out of the hands of the criminals. They can use a simple uh, hacksaw and cut that lock out and pull it away. The representative Kelly Moeller, a Democrat from Shoreview, the chair of the House Public Safety, said uh, there are citizens that wanted to speak opposed to the bill, uh, but as they started to talk, she cut them off from testimony if they supported the bill. She never cut anybody off that was for the bill, but if they were speaking out against the bill, uh, she cut them off. Representative Elliot Lengen, a Republican from White Bear Lake, criticized the bill, saying it takes a sledgehammer instead of a scalpel. We don't want people overnight to be in violation of statute because they don't even know that it exists. The safe storage law was approved by the Public Safety Committee. The second piece of gun control legislation considered by the committee was HF 601 that would require gun owners 
to report stolen or lost firearms to law enforcement. If a gun owner fails to report a lost or stolen firearm within 48 hours after learning of the theft, they would be guilty of a petty misdemeanor on the first offense. Well, that's fine. How do they even know it's been stolen? Sometimes you don't even, if it's in a safe or locked up somewhere, how do you know it's been stolen? And I I agree that's a great idea that uh, if, if one of my guns is stolen, I'm going to report it immediately. But for you to charge somebody, uh, how are you going to know what's 48 hours or not? We just don't know. Anyway, we're going to have to move along. If somebody wants to talk about either one of these bills, please call into the show. We'd love to have you. We do have... Uh, call her on, but we've got our friend Nicole from the Dahlberg Law Firm on the phone first. Uh, Nicole, good afternoon here on a Friday afternoon. Good afternoon, Brad. It's a nice sunny day out, and it's, it's, I'm just looking at my, our gorgeous view from our office here while I'm working and just enjoying the day and doing a lot of uh, estate plan drafting from our last few clients that we've had come in. So it's it's getting warmer by the minute, too, Nicole. We may is. even break a record today. Amazing. I know we broke the record in February for the least amount of snow in February. So last year, last well, year we had last year we had to lose highest amount of snow in February, and this year we had to lose lowest amount of snow in February. So there's an interesting tidbit for you. <sighs> anyway, well, what do you want? What do you want people to know today about the Dahlberg Law Firm? Well, I would like people to know that we can help them get their affairs in order, their uh, estate, so that they, children, their children and families don't have to worry about it. And we can help them do that by simply, you know, having them call our office at 218-722-5809 and making an appointment to get that process going. Um, the first step, all it takes is that phone call. And then it's a simple process from there where you meet with Mr. Dahlberg, get the initial information. In fact, I take a lot of the information over the phone, or we do when you call in, and then Mr. Dahlberg will go through it more thoroughly with you, and then he will draft up the documents. We'll send them to you to look at. You call us with questions, and then you come in and sign them. So it's a very simple process, and we help you along every step of the way as much as we can. So give us a call to start that process, 218-722-5809. 218-722-5809. And if you want additional information about the firm, you're not sure you haven't you haven't heard about us for some reason, um, and you want more information, check us out on the website at DahlbergLaw.com. All right. Very good. Nicole, uh, have a wonderful weekend. No sunbathing now this weekend. I know it's going to be nice, but... Uh, no, I, to... I don't plan on doing that. So. Okay. Very good. Okay, very good. Well, Kenny... Um, it's it's that time of the day. Oh, we got Holly. Holly, it's your time. Oh my, Bradley. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Holly. How are you? Oh, just ducky, just ducky. I have got to tell you of this uh briefly. I'll be brief. Uh I've been getting I think the Democrats are really getting desperate, Brad. And the reason is for the second month in a row, I have received uh, a, 
a little newspaper kind of a thing called the Wisconsin Independent. <laughs> and uh, mm. it's anything but. I mean, you have, I, I can't, I think I may have voted for Clinton the first time, but not the second time. I think that's yep. when the brain switched on and I finally woke up or something. And, uh, I mean, we're talking, what, 30 years ago or so? And they're scraping the bottom of the barrel if they got my name somehow from some list from way back then to send me this claptrap. And I'm looking at the front page and it says, Biden and Baldwin bring back the Blatnick Bridge. Oh, my God. I uh, I don't even (laughs) – I didn't know that it was gone. (laughs) I didn't uh, didn't either. (laughs) But and it's got this nice photo op, and uh, they think that they're going to sway people by this idiot advertising. And then on the back side, they've got Dolly is coming to Broadway. Please come to New York to see her. You know, and I got nothing against Dolly Parton. She's, uh, I, if I'm right, she's more like us than like them. And yeah. uh, but for the, these guys to try to drum up business. From Wisconsin to flagging, failing, flopping, failing, idiotic New York. Hello, you're not going to succeed. But uh, I just, I just had to share that because uh, I mean, my God, well, I am I'll, t- so I'll tell you. T- look through. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, Holly. They're going to drag out everything they can. They're they they do the Democrats. The Democrats do have a very formidable political machine. Uh, they know how to lit drop. They know how to get ads. They know how to send out flyers, newsletters, all those kinds of things. And they know with a candidate like they got this year, Joe Biden, they're going to have to pull out all the stops. So it's like people have said in national basis when I've read some of these stories, they talk about the fact that they're going to shake every bush, every leaf. They're going to push every button they can find to come out and, uh, you know, get it going. So uh, they're going to do that. Well, I just think it's so. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. And, you know, yeah. I was looking for something good to happen when he was down at the border the other day. I thought I had read these stories that he was going to make some concrete effort to close the border down. He didn't do anything. He talked about climate change. <laughs> climate change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll, put it, I'll put in a plug because every Friday I get a Good News Friday from Sydney Powell. And she has a, a website, uh, defendingtherepublic.org. And uh, the last, last week's was about how the climatologist idiots uh, scare people is actually flopping and flailing as well because everything is greening up because of the the CO2. Because uh, that's what the trees and the bushes and the grass and everything else needs to have healthy growth. But uh, my goodness, I mean, these... And you were talking about the gun bill. I mean, okay, yeah, that's all right. If you know that... if I mean, if it was left out in the open, which no responsible gun owner that I know has it left gonna out do in that. the open... No. No, you know, if it's uh, hidden away somewhere stealthily, how are you going to know it's gone? It's just another way for them to dip their greedy fingers into their pockets. 
in our well, pocket. Well, Taya, and, I have uh, a very good recommendation, Holly, for you. If you, if you uh, as a citizen, want to have a handgun for your family or for your home protection, they sell, and I know it's costly, they sell a small safe that is called a fingerprint safe that you can just put oh, your yeah. hand on and it will read your fingerprints and unlock automatically and the door slides out and the gun's right there oh yeah there you go there you go so but it wouldn't open for anyone but the rightful owner but uh, that sounds great Brad. I'll, I'll keep that in mind but uh I, I as far as these these bills i mean the democrats to my knowledge i thought it was a prerequisite that you had to be a financial shall we say uninformed person <laughs> I'd like to use another word, like my mother used to call them. They should say they couldn't find their rear end with both hands on a AAA roadmap. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, she was like that. Well, Holly, uh, just, you know, Holly, you, yeah. have a, you have a wonderful weekend. i got to take a first break here. I appreciate your call, though. I love, I love talking to you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Say, we got to take our first break. When I come back, I do have a name for TAPS. I'll give it to you when we come back. KDAL springtime polka time is 128, 50 degrees in Canal Park, 50 degrees in... Oh, wait, we're going to get an update, Superior, 53 degrees. Let's go to Eveleth, 50 degrees in Eveleth, and I play the springtime polka, that's Myron Florin, by the way, because today is March 1st, and March ushers in the first month of spring. There you go. You know what March 1st? Yeah. You know what March 1st means to me? What's that, Brad? It's the birth date of my firstborn son, Tony Bennett. Happy birthday, Tony, son of Brad. (laughs) There you go. Now, for the record. Happy birthday, Tony. Yes. Happy birthday, Tony. Do you want to tell us how old he is? Uh, no, I don't think he wants, <laughs> he doesn't want that out there. Is, uh, the, okay. the thing I will tell you, though, yeah. is he was about five hours away from becoming a leap year baby. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, for the record, yeah. spring, the spring equinox, the March equinox to some, arrives Tuesday, March 19th. So uh, we're still a ways away from the actual March equinox, but uh, March 1st. Is the start of March, and March is the first month of spring. Winter's over, Brad. I know. But then again, it's, it's been over for several months. <laughs> or at least it seems that way. You know, we shouldn't get so cocky, Kenny. We could still have just a dump of snow. I mean, well, yeah. we really could. Yeah, we could. And I'm looking at uh, footage from Lake Tahoe. They are getting slammed out there with snow. Load Aren't up. They? Load up the the sleds, boys. We're going to Tahoe. (laughs) Yeah, they really are. 
Well, listen, I, I've got this uh, name for Taps. It, actually, his funeral isn't until next Friday, but he died uh, recently, uh, February 11th of this year. And he's one of my brothers, a Marine brother, James Allen Thorson, 76, of Duluth. Passed away peacefully on Sunday, February 11th. He was born on the on August 16th of 1947 in Duluth, Minnesota, to Lloyd and El, uh, El Nora Thorson. Jim married uh, Doris Watton. On August 18, 1973, in Duluth, Jim served in the United States Marine Corps from 1966 until 1972. Now, there's a connection here between him and one of the names on our wall down on the lakefront, uh, Michael McKeever of Duluth. Uh, Michael McKeever was the brother of Judith McKeever, a good friend of mine, still a good friend. Uh, her brother, Michael, died on February 1968 at Khe in Vietnam. If you, if you know anything about the war, the siege at Khe was a horrendous time when the North Vietnamese thought they were going to overrun that base like they had done during the French at Dien Bien Phu, and they tried every way. They threw everything but the kitchen sink at that base. And during that siege, Michael McKeever died while his friend, one of his friends from Duluth, was James Allen Thorson. And James Allen Thorson escorted Michael McKeever's body back home to Duluth to be laid to rest here. So, and now uh, James Allen Thorson, 76, of Duluth, will be laid to rest next Friday. He was awarded many honors, including a Presidential Unit Citation, a Purple Heart for his service in the Marine Corps. Jim also served as a sergeant troop leader at Camp Pendleton. He returned to Duluth and pursued an education in engineering and architecture. He worked for Minnesota Power in facilities management for 27 years. So uh, all are welcome to join us for an honor guard ceremony to be held in the Minnesota State Veterans Cemetery, Duluth, at 10.45 a.m. on March 8th. A celebration of life will follow at 1 o'clock at the American Legion Post in Duluth. He is survived by his wife, Doris, daughter, Sarah, and granddaughter, Millie. So that's uh, that's the other name that we will remember today for TAPS. And again... Uh, Served at uh, at Quezon, right up right up the road from uh, where I was at Contient. Now, Kenny, are you ready to lighten the show up a little bit today after oh. our CBS news break? What do you huh? got? What do you got? I got a joke. Oh man, I got just a joke. one, just one, but it's a doozy. Well, let's hold it till the um, CBS news break. Let's do that. Yeah, we'll do CBS and then we'll come back.
KDAL Time 137, the voice of Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Roger Daltrey, 80 years old today. That's incredible. Brad, he has claimed that he is very, very deaf. And that he basically can't perform. I don't know that he is performing. He also claims that he never took hard drugs. I could believe it, and I could also believe he's deaf because, boy, that rock and roll music, a lot of it is very, very loud, so many amplifiers, so many sounds. And, I mean, he is 80. He's got 15 grandchildren. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Very active, uh, very active guy. (laughs) So, happy birthday, Roger Daltrey, number 80. Wow. Absolutely. Well, listen... You know, it always happens, Kenny, when we talk about taps and we don't have any names, all of a sudden they all come rolling in. I got another one now. Oh, my. Besides the one I just gave you. This is the the obituary appeared for Richard John, well, Richard Dick John. He was 97 and Duluth passed away peacefully in his sleep on Sunday, February 25th, just a couple days ago. Dick was born in Duluth on November 2nd, 1926, to William and Myrtle John. He lived his entire life in this area, attended high school at Denfeld, graduated in 1944. Dick enlisted in the U.S. Navy in 1945, right during World War II, as a seaman second class, spending time as a signalman on ships that put him in the Asian Pacific. While serving his country, He contracted yellow jaundice and spent months in a hospital before being honorably discharged. As a World War II veteran, Dick was able to go on an honor flight when he was uh, in his 90s. This was the highlight of his life, and he really loved visiting Washington, D.C. He's also an active mason and a shriner. He was a 33rd in the Scottish Rite and uh, Knights Templar. So... He was a brother, uh, you know, because I'm a Mason as well. So um, that's uh, so we will also be honoring the service of Richard Dick John, 97 of Duluth as well. You're a Mason. Now, I, I don't know that I knew yeah. that. Didn't you know I was a Mason? Uh, I don't know that we've ever talked about it, maybe. But that's interesting because we have somebody that works here at the radio station now in the front office, Alex. Uh, Alex has been oh, here sure. for a couple of months. And he is a Mason as well. He's a young man. And uh, we've talked a little bit about it. But I've never been in that Masonic temple at Lake Avenue in 2nd Street. And I've been by that place a million times. I went to Washington Junior High School. I've never been inside that building. Do you know, Kenny, that I was the master of the lodge of that temple? Wow, I did not. Did you crack the whip, Brad? Well, not not too much, but you know, a little bit. I mean, that's quite a title to. Anyway, it was it was a great it was a great time. So, are you ready for this joke? You, I am. Do you want yes. a little little libation here now? A little well, fun. Yeah, lay it on. Now, is this one that I have to? Should I get a, a sandwich and a a beverage? Mm, no, maybe a maybe a <laughs> coke and a snack, but <laughs> nothing too bad. Have at it, Brad. Okay, so Alice. Alice is a blonde city girl, marries a dairy farmer. One morning on his way out to check on the cows, Farmer John says to Alice, 
The insemination man is coming over to impregnate one of our cows today. I drove a nail into the rail above the cow's stall in the barn for you, showing him, show him where that cow is and when he gets here, okay? Oh, she kind of nods, says yes. So when the farmer leaves for the field, after a while, the insemination man arrives and knocks on the front door. And uh, Alice takes him down to the barn. They walk along the rows of cows, and then she sees the nail up above. She tells him, this is the one right here. Terribly impressed by what he sees, uh, seemed to think just might be another dizzy blonde, the man asks, Tell me, lady, how did you know this is the cow to be bred? That simple, by the nail over its stall, Alice explains very confidently. Then the man asks, uh, what's the nail for? She turns and starts to walk away, and with a complete confidence, she says over her shoulder, I'm assume it's for you to hang your trousers on. That's horrible. What? <laughs> you had me laughing at and at insemination man. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> oh my god. It's for you to hang your trousers. <laughs> oh boy, oh jeez Louise. Oh my goodness. Yeah, oh, she's gosh. a city girl. What can you say? I don't know. You have any others? Nothing? Or is that all? Uh, or? no uh, oh, okay. That was all I got this weekend. Oh, okay, uh, and I I didn't come up with it myself. I just I got it from somebody else. Say, I, I need to ask you a serious question, though. Oh, the uh, the downturn that we have had in uh, the uh, deer harvesting. Did you see that? Well, DNR I... said this year it's down eight percent. We didn't have a lot of snow it was a good yeah. time to get out hunting yeah. what's going on are people just not hunting as much I, I it's a variety of things i'm sure i don't know i'm not a deer hunter i do know that yeah. uh well i'm not going to get into that but i'd like to see the return of the woodland caribou the woodland caribou yeah, well, caribou uh, were native to this region yes they were i know that and, and in fact and Isn't the white-tailed deer are trying part... to put them in there. Well, no, they're not. Uh, but the uh, white-tailed deer are a part of the reason that they're no longer here. Oh, why? Because they came in and took up all the territory, or ate the ate whatever, or what? Uh, they introduced a, a heartworm or a brainworm. Oh, uh, they, sure. Uh, you know, sure, intruded sure, onto sure. their um, yeah. environment and uh, their uh, habitat, if you will, and. Uh, I'll tell you, there's nothing better than a good venison steak ground up and mixed in with pork or something. Boy, that makes for some good eating. Anyway, Minnesota hunters shot 158,678 deer during the 2023 hunting season. Uh, that was a substantially lower. The harvest was down 8% from 2022 season and 14% lower than the five-year average. So it's not just a one-year phenomenon. That kind of tells me that uh, maybe there's just not as many parents taking their kids hunting in the beginning, teaching them how to do that. Uh, deer, numbers can, deer numbers can suffer from all kinds of prolonged severe weather 
but we didn't have that this year. There was no deep snow or, or uh, you know, any of that habitat. So the deer could run away from the wolves. Wolves play a large role as a predator of deer, as you know, especially in winter. But there is little evidence to suggest that northern Minnesota's low deer numbers are directly due to wolf predation because, you know, there's there was not enough snow to bog the deer down. They could get away from the uh, wolves. This year's extremely mild conditions do bode well for deer in northern Minnesota, but deer population in the far west, or far north, I should say, will need several mild winters to start to recover, so said the uh, uh, DNR guy from up in this area. Crossbows were allowed for all deer hunters for the first time in 2023. Archery hunters killed 24,088 deer, which was a similar total compared to 2022. So for some reason, there's just, uh, there's a lower amount of deer being taken. And uh, I have a feeling it's uh, parents that just aren't uh, taking their kids out hunting. I don't know. What do you think, Bob Woods? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I wasn't going to talk on this subject, but as long as you got it out there, if you believe any of the drivel that comes out of the DNR, you've got a pretty poor show because the DNR is the worst problem there is. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I know a lot of hunters, and they don't see any deer to shoot at. That's why there's less of them to shoot. And all they see is wolf tracks. And there's videos. I mean, there was one that went through the matter of fact, uh, our uh, Honorable uh, Pete uh, uh, Stauber had posted one there where the deer was uh, being chased by a wolf right through the uh, wood construction, or I mean the wood chopping area, and they caught it and they killed oh it. The thing is, you, you know, a, a, a wolf is not slow, and they usually hunt in packs. Well, one poor deer doesn't stand a chance. And uh, that's that's the thing. The pack when they pack up on them, they can run them down. They can take turns running and yep. and. Uh, yeah. In a normal snow, they got a, a, an advantage because the wolf can't run in the snow. The deer can move a little bit faster unless unless they go onto the trails from the snowmobiles and so forth. But that's another thing. Sure. But the reason yeah. I really did call was this uh, firearm stuff that's going on in the state of Minnesota. And, uh, yeah. One of the, Crazy, uh, the huh? big, inst- big instigators of the crime is this uh, Senate uh, uh, communist uh, Jen uh, McEwen that we have here in, in uh, the Duluth area. And, uh, you know, a lot of people forget at the end of the session last year, which she, she knew at that time there would be no hope because it was just like a week before uh, the Senate uh, or the uh, legislature quit, was the introduction sure. of getting rid of all, all, everyone, shotguns and everything, auto, uh, semi-automatic firearms in the state of Minnesota. And uh, she was a cheap sponsor of it, but you know, let's get your, uh, you know, the, the uh, camel's nose under the tent, and which she did, because you know they run by biennium. So what they put in last year that didn't work, they can run again this year. And, sure. Uh, she, and, and that has happened, and that's one that's kind of been on the in the back burner, but it's still out there. It's been reintroduced. I don't have the number of that one right in front of me, but also now she's introduced basically a ban of lead. Uh, ammunition in the state of minnesota total which of course is and the thing is the the largest sport in the uh, state of minnesota is trap shooting in the in the high schools there's over 12,000 kids that do it and the thing is these aren't the jocks you know the ones that make the uh the news tribune and and every other the uh 
the news at uh, 6 o'clock and so forth. A lot sure. of these are just sure. a regular average uh, student that uh, doesn't want to do a physical thing or whatever. They go out and shoot trap. And it's, it's, it's a fantastic uh, uh, activity for them. And the thing is, it's, it's not part of the school's budget either. It's basically funded by organizations. That, Private uh, organizations, yes. yep. And, uh, but this bill, uh, Senate Files 3792 by uh, McEwen, and then there's a House Companion uh, 3813. Uh, basically, you know, on the forefront it says uh, get rid of all the lead shot. Well, if they do that and they have to go to steel shot or tungsten or whatever, it's going to add up to three times the cost of uh, the sport. Oh, and it's geez. not a cheap sport to start with, as you know. No, that's a very expensive. Shotgun. I mean, you got to buy a decent shotgun yeah. and you got to yeah. travel for the competitions. And, and uh, yeah. most of the competition, fortunately, there has no travel because, you know, they shoot at your local ranges and you do it by, you know, by mail, basically, electronically. And But also sure. in that same bill, of course, they're going after lead uh, uh, weights, you know, for fishing. All of them. Oh, yeah. Them. And then also in the bill is to get rid of lead, period, being used in ammunition. So basically, if you've got a 9 millimeter and it has lead in the, uh, in the bullet, that can no longer be used in the state of Minnesota. It's all part of this bill, and it's been kind of pushed in quietly. Uh, but uh, it's very serious, and it affects anybody that, uh, you know, has a firearm in, in the state that uses it uh, for... Uh, uh, sport, because I mean, there's yep. a lot of a lot of sporting activity, you know, with pistols, rifles, and so forth. That kind of goes unnoticed because, you know, the media never covers it. But uh, it's it's big yep. time. And uh, if it well, happens, I've always Minnesota, I've always thought uh, I've always thought Bob that the, if they if they're going to do away with guns, they're not going to do it right up front. They're not going to take them. They're going to either tax ammunition or they're going to make ammunition. Uh, unavailable. Uh, they're going to do s- some things around the fringe to just collapse in on it. So, anyway, we got to get to our uh, break here. We're running up against the clock, so we're to do that. Thank you very much for that input, and we'll be back shortly. Shady AL time, one fifty-five fifty-one in Duluth. We have tied our record high for today, Brad. That goes back to eighteen eighty-three. Wow. Yeah. And we still could break it. It's only one degree. We'll break we could. It. Plenty of sunshine continues. Hey, real quickly, we've got Bulldog Hockey tonight. Bruce Siski with the call. 7.30 pregame. Bruce is in Colorado. And then tomorrow, uh, UMD in Colorado again tomorrow, 6.30. Uh, so an hour earlier tomorrow, 6.30 on the pregame, 7 o'clock drop of the puck tomorrow. Also, tomorrow, KDAL will have Gopher Basketball versus Penn State. Go for basketball tomorrow, one forty-five p.m. All right. Well, still disappointed over the wild, but... Uh, that was tough. Do? What was it? 6-1 yeah. final? 6-1. That was yep. horrible. It just was. Well, listen, uh, Kenny's going to cut me off here in a minute or two, but again, I want to run through these names for TAPS today. Again, we play TAPS to honor uh, Minnesotans that have... Uh, Spent time in the military, uh, and we have three individuals today. Uh, first of all, the gentleman that I talked about that was killed, uh, by, beat up by three thugs down in the uh, St. Paul area, down around uh, Harriet Island. 
and that gentleman's name is Thomas Dunn, a 76-year-old former Marine. Also, uh, we're going to remember Richard Dick John, 97, a Navy veteran of World War II. He was a signalman. And, uh, and then also uh, James Allen Thorson, 76, a Marine veteran of Quezon, uh, the battle for Quezon in 1968, which took the life of Michael McKeever from Duluth. And uh, James Thorson uh, actually escorted the body of Michael McKeever back to Duluth. And he passed away on Sunday, February 11th. So those are the three names that we're going to be remembering today uh, when we do TAPS. Um, yeah, Kenny, you mentioned yesterday about this helium. There was a big story today. Yeah, we're not going to have time to get to that, Brad. Yeah, no, I'm I sure I will say not. this. It is still pasty week. I had my pasties last night from Johnson Did Bakery. Did you finally? Best Did you ever. They were, they were awesome. <laughs> uh, Good for you. I'm going to go get more today. <laughs> we'll do it again Monday, Brad. You got it. Good system today and I'm working like...